as always, a big thank you to Myra Green for her music, her composition, Passing Places. You can find out more about Myra Green's music on her website at myragreen.com or pop on to the front page of my own website, bonnytours.com and follow the links from the front page. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Passing Places. You join me in a very wet campsite in the gorgeous little village of Killin. It's a Saturday morning and if you're a regular listener, welcome back. And if you're new to the show, I say every week it's my personal diaries, my personal podcast of my travels around Scotland, mainly by motorhome but also by motorcycle and with some hill walking thrown in for good measure. So I headed up here to Clinton Thursday. It's a favourite little village of mine. I really do like the Falls of Dockert, which is a, a great uh, great place for a picnic in the River Dockert as it comes down from Loch uh, Dockert, which is, I think, near Ben Louis. It's a fantastic uh, set of waterfalls and a beautiful little scene as the the water rushes through the, the old bridge in the top end of the village of Killin. And I'd come over here to rendezvous with Joyce McNichols, who you've probably seen that she's been uh, keeping us all uh, posted on her trip around Scotland. Some fantastic photographs, Joyce, on the Passing Places podcast group on Facebook. And I've been really keen to catch up with Joyce and her husband, Carlo. And as they were heading back towards the Glasgow airport and the end of their holidays, we agreed to meet up in Killin. So I had my daughter Caitlin with me and I knew the weather was set to be pretty um, bleak. So we arrived in Killin on the Thursday afternoon and I was quite surprised that the river dockered at the falls. The water levels were really low and I can only imagine that's because of the amount of dry weather we've had in recent weeks. And I'd partly suggested to Joyce that she visits Killin because the waterfalls at the bridge are really spectacular once we've had some rain. But uh, it's still a, a bonny spot, even when the water levels are low. So we we called in at the campsite, got ourselves organised and got set up. And a couple of hours later, we met Joyce and Carlo at the Killin Hotel, which is a five-minute walk from the campsite. And it was great to finally catch up with them both. They've had a fantastic trip over the last uh, almost two weeks. They headed off from Glasgow and they had a little... Um, boat trip out Loch Lomond and then they headed over to Helensborough and then up on the west side through Arica to the rest of me thankful and on to Inverary where they spent a few days and on up through Glencoe and Fort William and over to Malig and then they had a what appears to be like a fantastic and magical few days on the island of Skye and then they came over the bridge and spent another great few days in uh, Plockton and that included a day trip out, and they tackled the uh, the Bilak Nam Ba, that wonderful pass over the top of the mountain into Applecross. And as they started to turn for home, they spent a night in Fort Augustus, and I finally caught up with them in Killin. So we ended up meeting in the hotel, and it was a great couple of hours. We really uh, caught up on all things Scottish. And it was great to put uh, faces to voices. And the following day, they came down to the van. Uh, Joyce was quite keen to see where the podcast gets produced. 
and we spent an hour or two in the van and then we said our goodbyes and I suggested that uh, Joyce and Carol might want to drop into the Drovers Inn. It's uh, not far after Crean Larrach as you're heading south on the 82 as you come down to the bottom of Glen Falloch at the top of uh, at the top of Loch Lomond. There's the Drovers Inn and if you're a regular uh, walker or a regular hill climber and you've got the 82 you'll know all about the Drovers Inn. It's a, a very quirky, very old Drovers Inn. The interior is full of stuffed animals and sets of armour and all sorts of things so I hope they manage to drop in on their way back and as I speak they're probably at 30,000 feet heading back to uh, America and Joyce and Carl have promised me they'll come on to passing places in the next week or two and we can do a debrief and have a chat about their what sounds like an amazing trip around Scotland. I'm indebted to Joyce and Carlo for the number of photographs, very much a photograph, photographic diary of their trip, which they've been posting on the Passing Places podcast group. So thanks, Joyce and Carlo. It was great to meet you. So talking of uh, American trips to Scotland, this week's episode is primarily about Bonnie Hopkins' recent adventures in Scotland, primarily about her visit to the islands of Barra and Tyree. And before we hear Bonnie's interview, I just wanted to do a couple of very quick shout outs. In last week's episode, I was asking for feedback about the direction of the podcast in the coming weeks and months over the winter. And on the uh, website, I had a number of people comment. I just wanted to thank Judy uh, from farmandwife.com farmandwife, F-A-R-M-N-wife.com. Judy farms out in the Midwest in the USA, and I know that Judy has started her own podcast, but she was very kind to give me some feedback. I wanted to mention Kate from Australia, who's been on the podcast a few times, and as well as her feedback, she left me a very kind donation, so thanks, Kate. I also wanted to thank Nick on my website, who gave me some fantastic ideas and tips for taking the podcast forward and also Susanna from Germany who's just returned from a an enjoyable trip in Scotland and she's due back I think in the coming weeks to celebrate her birthday. She's coming back to Glasgow and she's hoping to spend her birthday celebrations on the bonnie banks of Loch Lomond. I can't really at this time go into all the detail of the feedback. I definitely have taken it all on board but uh just a quick few shout-outs from people on Facebook. Uh, Katrina from Oban said that she would like to hear more of Skid on the podcast and he's always by my feet. Uh, he's just a yard away just now, so we'll maybe um, shake Skid to make a few contributions. I also wanted to thank Annette Stephen, who's enjoying the podcast. Rob McKenzie, who I mentioned last week, has made a few comments as well. Rob Grant, who I met at the mini-meet on D-Side a few weeks ago. And finally, David Cowan, who's also joined the Passing Places podcast group on Facebook recently. So thank you, everybody, for your feedback. I definitely have uh, taken your comments on board and I'm giving myself some time to consider how best to improve the podcast in the weeks ahead. And that may well include extra episodes and additional content that tackles not only the sounds of Scotland, 
and some more voices on the podcast, but may also include some additional specific themed episodes, whether it's on motorhomes or specific locations in Scotland, or bringing you more interviews from people who share our passion for Scotland. So sit back and listen to Bonnie Hofkin and her experiences, her adventures around Scotland in recent weeks. Now, Bonnie's a, an artist and illustrator and as well as a musician, and she's based in California. And we managed to catch up with an interview on Skype, a very much a conversation. It goes on for maybe 35, 40 minutes, so I hope you can bear with us. It's a very good, enjoyable and uh, fun story. So let's hear Bonnie and I'll catch up with you after the interview to finish off the episode. Okay, so Bonnie, you're the very first person ever to do a Skype recording, an interview on Passing Places. And uh, it might be best to start off with how the heck did you and I actually end up uh, chatting or end up meeting at Glasgow Airport some weeks later. Well, the beginning is a good place to start, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> um, I found you quite serendipitously, and I'm not sure how, but we were Facebook friends, and I really didn't know what Bonnie Tours was about. I obviously just liked the name, and when I was planning my trip to Scotland, I knew I wanted to go out to the Isles and, and remote ones at that, and sure enough, your podcast just kind of got onto my radar and I started listening and I thought, this is, this is fabulous. It's, it's kismet really. And, um, I would just listen over and over again. And I'm not sure if it was just to listen to your accent or to actually <laughs> get some inf <laughs> information. Americans love Scottish accents and mm -hmm. I think I can speak for all of us. I hope I can. Well, that's good. So, yeah. And that's how I first, found you. But you'd been to Scotland a number of times before, hadn't you? You had some connection, affinity with Scotland. You'd been over on vacation before? Yes. Uh, I was about to embark on my fourth trip, um, which I did just a month ago. And to me, it, it seems the more I go, the more I see and the more there is to see. The first trip was more like this busy little sampler of different regions and cities and tourist sites. And with each consecutive trip, I slow down. I pick fewer places to go and I stay a longer period of time and really soak up the country and the culture. Most of all, the culture is what interests me. And this trip, unlike any other, I was fortunate to stay with, local people. I didn't spend much money on hotels and I met people through through passing places, through Facebook, through friends of friends and I find the Scottish to be incredibly warm and hospitable and anytime someone said, oh go look up my sister-in-law on this island, I would. Yeah, yeah. So this trip is very different. But how did you come to like Scotland in the first place? Is there something in your ancestry, your uh, family background that uh, you have a, a sense of history with Scotland or is it just uh, the country itself once you first visited? Well, the more I think, the more I think about it, the more it feels like 
iron filings to a magnet or, I don't know, a moth to a light bulb. No, in this lifetime, I'm not Scottish. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure why I, I'm drawn. I'm deeply drawn to it, to the people, to the country, to everything. In fact, right now, don't laugh, but I'm burning a little piece of peat that I smuggled into the country oh, just that, because that's I love that's excellent, yeah. <laughs> Get me in the mood for the podcast. It's it's just it's just a, a magical smell to me. But the country, um, I'm an illustrator artist, so I guess I'm painting about it when I'm returning to my studio. I find different muses in the country, bring them back and paint, and um, actually turned it into a little business of mine selling Celtic art at Highland Games. So you're involved in a, a like-minded folk. There must be a whole network of people in California with an interest, uh, an affinity for Scotland, yeah? Oh, yeah. They're, they're zealots. In fact, they tend to be more Scottish than the actual Scots in Scotland. Uh, a lot of them are from Scotland. And I've gotten involved with, um, I think, think is one of the oldest Scottish organizations in the States. It's the San Francisco Caledonia Club. And it's, I think, going on 170 years old. If I'm wrong, I apologize mm -hmm. to all the Cali Club members. Um, and it takes, the Highland Games take place every year in Pleasanton, California. It's one of the largest, I believe, in the country. Okay. And do you toss the cable? Do I? No. Do they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, of um, heavy athletics, right. and there's everything: whiskey tasting, dancing, music, dog trials, sheepdog trials. It's it's a rich two day cultural event. Excellent. And is there many of your friends who've actually come over and visited as well, or from Scotland? from California come over to Scotland? Have they managed on a trip? Or? Uh, yes. Um, in fact, I was speaking with a friend of mine last night who had just returned from Scotland. She and I met before she, she and her husband left for Scotland, and I shared with her some of my thoughts and ideas. And and she's going back, and, and um, maybe a half a dozen of my friends have been over, but I've noticed that... <clears throat> There's not a big um, marketing campaign from Scotland to Americans. And unlike, for example, Ireland, we see ads for Visit Ireland all the time, uh, but there's no massive marketing in Scotland. I, I think I'm the representative in, in the United States, or I'd be happy to be that. But... Um, I chat about it all the time, and several of my friends have actually gone. So, yeah. it's, it's an interesting observation because people in Scotland think that uh, quite a lot of the advertising does go over to America, but then there's a very, very strong connection between Ireland and uh, America in a similar way to Scotland, isn't there? So many Irish people have immigrated over generations to uh, America in the same way that yeah. the Scots did. Yeah, yeah there, there's... There's a large population here, and a lot of them in the East Coast. The Scots tend 
to be generally um, <clears throat> further west, um, Appalachia, right. yep. Tennessee. Yeah. And I think the Irish are very involved in American politics as well, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. In a way well, that... our Kennedy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why why don't you take me through your trip then? I mean, you obviously I started talking to you when you got in touch with passing places, but you started off in Moniive, as I call it, Moniive down in Dumfries uh, and Galloway. Is that friends you have there or? Exactly, Kevin. That's only because I had friends there. But I fell in love with the little town. It was absolutely gorgeous. Um, Hugh Taylor and Moira McCroson are my friends who live there. They are travel writers and musicians. Um, met them on Facebook. Yeah, yes, for Facebook. And I've stayed with them twice now, and each time I manage to come into town, they arrange some sort of little, uh, a Kayleyette, a little, a little music session, which is great, um, at the local uh, bar. And it's just a magical little town. It's like a little hamlet. It's absolutely beautiful. So I stopped there on my way to Oban, which is the launching off port for the islands that you actually helped me organize that were all sort of on the same ferry route. Um, one island had been uh, on my radar. I've been intrigued by this one island um, called Barra. And when you mentioned it, I said, that's it. I'm going to Barra. And you, my first podcast from you, you were on... Tyree. And Tyree, yes, yeah. And I was just captivated by the way you were describing um, the land around you. I sense it was evening during the podcast I was listening to. Your description was so visual. Your words created such a visual image that, lo and behold, I found myself in that very place uh, maybe four or five months after I had heard you. And um, I spent four days on Tyree, three of them in uh, hail, <laughs> a gale storm. With mm, poor weather, yes. Yeah. It was very challenging physically, but in a way that I rose to meet the challenge of riding my bike in the hailstorm and walking around in the in the bog, trying to find the ringing stone and um, figuring, well, I'm here, Let, let's get out in the weather and go for it. But I don't think any normal person would have been out in that weather, just some kind of crazy American. It's a lovely island, Tyree, and you're, as always in Scotland, you're at the mercy of the weather, you know, and sometimes it's, some of the most memorable times are when the weather is bad as well. You'll never forget being soaked. <laughs> but, um, no. When you're on Tyree and the sun is shining, and it's the one of the sunniest places in the UK, Tyree, on the uh, west coast. So it's one of my favorite places. Yeah, it was just as you described. And I did get one and a half days of beautiful weather, blue skies, turquoise water, white sand. It was, it was so beautiful. Excellent. And yeah, from there, I went back to Oban. 
And oh, I want to give a thanks to uh, Will Wright at Tyree Fitness for helping to make my trip just really complete. He's a fitness trainer there. And so were you, his wife. Were you working out while you were there? Uh, I didn't need to work out since I was doing all the hiking and mm -hmm. schlogging around in the in the bogs. But um, I decided since he and I planned something months in advance, I actually uh, made it to his gym and had a workout uh, session. He's um, a triathlete and he trains he trains athletes or just people who want some fitness. And his wife owns a. A wonderful little business on the island as well, selling candy and coffee. So they, they were quite wonderful to um, meet, very friendly people. Um, after Tyree, I, I think you suggested call, which I, I did miss. I didn't catch it. I think I was just too anxious to get to Barra. So I spent a night, another night back in Oban at what now is one of my favorite hotels, the Kelvin. Um, wonderful people there. Great music at night. <laughs> um, and Sheena, the proprietor, is just a gem. So if she's listening, I'd love to say hello to her. <laughs> and thank you for introducing me to all the musicians that have shown up in your lobby, in your bar. Um, after a night at the Kelvin, I got on the ferry and head headed back, headed to Barra. And approaching Barra was magnificent. It was breathtaking. You when come you, into... Sorry, Bonnie, when you were going through the um, sound of Mull with the... I can't remember your weather, but did you get some good views of Mull and on the island? Did you pass the, the castle? Duart Castle? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The yeah. weather was, was really perfect coming out good. of Mull. And I think we pat You can see Tobermory. Yes. From that, yeah. Yes, briefly as you pass by. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so the ride over was wonderful. Uh, I think it did get a little choppy at the end, which I loved <laughs> so much for the adventure. Um, and arriving into Castle Bay was stunning. You're met by the castle and the bay. And it was late evening. The, air was just kind of golden, casting broad shadows, and the lighting was absolutely um, breathtaking. It was the only, my camera was going crazy. So, uh, um, found my hotel and walked around. It's a, it's a small little town, so there, you can easily get around by foot. It's nice to not have a car on mm -hmm. these islands, actually. Yeah. And spent four days. Well, I actually ended up going twice. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And did you, where did you stay in Barra? Were you in the Castle Bay Hotel or? I stayed in the, um, Yes, it was the Castle Bay Hotel. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. There's, there's two, two hotels. Was it the one next to the church or the one further along nearer the... It was the Castle Bay right. Hotel. Yeah. Right next to the Castle Bay Bar. Yes. <laughs> Which is a great place for music, mm -hmm. too. 
Very lively place. Well, you haven't mentioned that you play, is it the harmonica? I do. Um, I'm not that good at Scottish music. I'm learning to not hurt the tunes if I play with them. Um, I play mostly um, blues, country, rockabilly, some jazz. But I always take my harmonicas to Scotland and I always end up playing. And I find that music is just uh, a passport in, into, you know, socializing. It's a great icebreaker, yes, so that you can, before you know it, you're involved in a, a full session. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what, so, was your, what was your weather like on Barra? Did it improve over that couple of days or...? Yeah, it was perfect actually. It was it was nice to be able to walk outside and not have to wear, you know, five layers. It it was it was really, really lovely. So um I was ready for the break and um Tyree doesn't have the public transportation like Barra. Uh there's a shuttle in Tyree that called the Ring and Ride. You have to call mm, in advance, you can't just catch it impromptu yeah. like you can the the bus service around Barra. So I I enjoyed taking the bus there. I enjoyed talking to the bus drivers, find out a lot about the people that live there. And um, it was just an overall very fun experience to learn to navigate myself around without a car. And I found that without a car, I was more immersed in the culture and less removed. Uh, I did rent a car on my previous trip and I felt sort of isolated. And yeah. um, um, so I, I really enjoy not having the car. And, uh, and did you, bar- you mentioned to me at some point that you had a, a guide for the day. Was that in Barra? Did you go out walking for the day? or I did. Um, uh, I, there's a, there's an organization or, um, two wonderful guides that put up a web, website. It's called Walk Barra and you can find the website online and it was a three hour walking tour. Um, and we, we saw wonderful things, um, prehistory, uh, relics from the iron age, um, my guide knew so much about botany and mycology and geology, geography. It, w- it was wonderful. I'm so glad that I actually had somebody show me around, unlike Tyree, where I <laughs> ended up getting lost. So um, I highly recommend um, anybody who's on Barra to uh, check into walkbarra.com. Um, there's walking tours of Eriskay and Battersea, which, which I did visit, and which are neat day trips once you're on Barra. Yes. And you, obviously you're on your own when you travel. How do you find it as a solo traveller, particularly a female coming to Scotland? Was it perfectly uh, safe and enjoyable and relaxing? And Absolutely. I felt completely safe. I wouldn't have done some of the things that I ended up doing in the United States. I'm much more cautious here. I lock my doors at night. Um, I didn't in Barra. I felt so 
so welcomed and so safe. Uh, I found myself waiting for the bus at the airport, which is on the northern end of the island. I was waiting for 20 minutes, and someone drove up and offered to take me to Castle Bay. I had absolutely mm -hmm. no problem yeah. and, and ended up having a nice chat with one of the locals. Um, I uh, ended up returning to Barra 20 minutes after I had left um, Barra. Now, that's, that's quite a tale, is it not? Is that quite a story? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a good... <laughs> but Bonnie, it must be a good four and a half hours on the ferry. It's a long trip back from Barra. And you've just arrived off the ferry and here you are thinking about going back again. <laughs> it's the magic of Barra. Um, <laughs> I once again arrived at the Kelvin Hotel. Um, not quite ready to have left Barra, but I figured, okay, time to go back to Edinburgh, prepare for my trip back to the States. A little bit sad that I was leaving. Um, I was always made aware of a certain um, musical group that are somewhat local heroes called the Battersea Boys. And I seemed to have been in their wake. They were always in the town that I had just left. And I thought it would be wonderful to hear them or heck, maybe even play a tune with them. Um, once I got back to the Kelvin, Sheena, the wonderful gal that, that owns it, said, oh, I've got some musicians for you. And I'm standing in the bar, and there are the Fatterstay Boys. <clears throat> now, what time of day is this? This is 2, p 2 p.m. Right. Or 1400. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. And um, they started saying, give us a tune, give us a tune. And I thought, it's too early. <laughs> I still have my backpack on. They said, no, we're leaving on the ferry back to Barra in a half hour. So we played a little bit, and it was wonderful. It was great. I finally met these musicians, and I could see why everybody loves them so much. Um, and then uh, one of their road crews said, come back to Barra with us. And I thought, you must be kidding. I just, and well, the story goes, I did. Uh, <laughs> I was actually, my, my travel plans were flexible that I could do that. Um, I knew I'd make it back to catch my flight back to the States. And I was actually very excited to go back and visit Barra with some people that I knew there. Now, you've, um, Bonnie, you've already given quite a few shout outs to people, which is great, but... Uh, the crew on the clansmen, I think you must be best friends, so we'll probably have to go through the entire crew from the captain to the, the cabin boy. <laughs> Absolutely. And I must say, Kevin, that once I got back on the ferry with the band, I got the strangest looks, uh, some double takes. And then I'm thinking once they saw me with the Vattersea boys, they figured, okay. Yeah. I think I know what happened. So, um it was great, and we played music um, pretty much the whole way, maybe three-quarters of the way back to Barra. And everybody on the boat loved hearing the Battersea Boys. It, it was just, it was a kick, and that's the part of travel that, that I hope happens to me, that I embrace. It's the adventure, the, mm -hmm. the unscripted, un, um, 
res, you know, planned out parts of the trip. And it's a it's a long ferry journey, so if uh, there's people playing music and everybody's having a good time, it makes the whole journey completely different experience, presumably. Yeah, it does. And I think at the end, half the band fell asleep. They were just finishing <laughs> a tour, so they were sacked out on the on the couches and um, ready to call it a night. But yeah, it was fun. And then I got to see the island a second time, and which was a much richer experience for me. Um, I spent some time with Donnie McNeil, the drummer, and he showed me his take on Barra, which I was just enthralled with everything and I saw I saw deeper into the country and details and that's where I got the peat actually um, I saw what I think is the real bara instead isn't, of isn't that the essence of travel if you can make connections with local people and as well as the hospitality you get the insights into what life is like and places to go you got a lot of good information as a tourist uh, it's too easy just to look out the window of the the coach or the car and expect to be enthralled mm -hmm. it's to me that's exactly kevin that's what it's about and i'm hoping i can keep up those experiences it made all the difference in the world to me and the fact that there's a fantastic international airport on the beach at barra probably helped you get back Yes, that was another big thrill. Um, even though I was sad to be leaving the second time, um, it was it was such a thrill to be leaving from this uh, airport in the sand. The, the The planes actually, as you know, fly in at a low tide, and people go out just to watch the airplanes land and take off. I got to leave Barra. Um, by air, which was a big thrill. A little white knuckle, but, but a big thrill. So how, and many, how many days did you stay the second time round? I spent two more nights on right. the island. Um, and then cut down some travel time with, with the flight back. And a big thanks to you for picking me up in, in Glasgow. And that was just such a thrill to meet you finally. Putting uh, <laughs> putting face with the voice. It was it was a great thrill. Before we talk about that, just tell me about the the plane. How many seats on the little airplane? Um I'm guessing about something like fifteen. Yeah, it's quite a small plane. Yeah. And I know that the one uh steward that makes sure we're all he's he's bending over and you know, he can't stand up, so it's it's a, it's a little bigger than a Cessna, I think, but it's, it's fun. Quite a good experience. And did you get any yeah. views on the way back? Was the cloud cover down? Or? No, it was nice. Takeoff was nice. It was clear. Um, so I got some great photos leaving the island. And then it, we, it, we finally got to meet in Glasgow and I took you over to Edinburgh. Yes, yes. It seemed like a quick trip, Kevin, and it was it was so much fun to talk to you and kind of download all my experiences um, <laughs> to someone who was actually involved in creating them. So, again, uh, I've got to thank you for giving me some of these great ideas, and I shall be a devoted listener in the future. <laughs> That's good. 
I mean, I started the podcast to try and just uh, share my interest in Scotland with other people. And it's been so much better than YouTube videos or Facebook. People are actually now in touch with me, like yourself, and it makes a, a huge difference. And I think maybe a, probably about 20% of my listeners are from America. Is that right? Yeah, and it's probably growing a little bit. Yeah. But uh, what would you, in trying to pull this together, what would you give in terms of advice to people if they were thinking about a trip to Scotland? There's a number of people listen to passing places from different countries all over the world, but what would you say by way of encouragement or information or advice? Or um, Well, everybody's different and everybody wants to see something different. <clears throat> Um, and I know when Americans come to Scotland, they land Glasgow or Edinburgh and go up north, as, as I did my first trip. I wanted to get a little off the tourist path. Um, on my second trip, I went down to the borders. Um, I just started exploring. One thing I would, and I would always speak to my friends in Scotland, um, about where to go. But that wasn't always good advice because half of the people I asked about the islands said, oh, don't go. <laughs> don't go to the islands. But I think Americans are looking for something different than when you live there. Um, I think the cultures are very different, that it's hard for... Um, the, the Scots would always advise me to go places that they would prefer, which was not at all what I was after. And like I said, all Americans are after different things. I'm after, I'm not sure what I'm after, <laughs> but I'm finding it. And, and it's with, it's in experiences with the culture. And I could have these experiences in Scrabster or down yeah. in the borders. So I just... When we were talking earlier on, Bonnie, about the, the, the budget for tourism in Scotland, Visit Scotland is our tourist, uh, our main organisation, and a tremendous amount of effort is put into things like Edinburgh Castle and the Edinburgh Festival and Fringe, the Edinburgh Tattoo, uh, Loch Ness and the Monster and Tartan and the Shortbread and the Bagpipes and yeah, whiskey and whiskey's a huge thing. But there is so yep. much to Scotland if you can just get off these main... Now, these main attractions are very interesting. If you've never been, they're, they're, they're really popular and they're, they're good to see. But, I mean, my podcast is mainly about uh, getting off the beaten track because the quality of Scotland, the landscape and the people, is very, very evenly spread across the entire landmass. There are so many fantastic places to visit. And so many Scots who haven't actually visited the islands themselves, if they come from the Central Belt, which is our main population centre, they haven't been to Barra twice on the same holiday. <laughs> Never mind once. <laughs> but uh, there's so much to see and do beyond just taking in Loch Lomond and Fort William and Oban and Inverness, you know. Those are good places to start. Oh, yes, and definitely. I, it's, I can understand getting those out of the way and if you're intrigued and in love with the country enough you'll be back and hopefully dig down to the next layer 
Um, it, when I speak to Scots and they say they've been to the States, um, a lot of them say, well, we went to Las Vegas. And I'm thinking, um, there's a lot, you know, I'm coming at it with a different angle as well. There's a lot more yeah. to see. You miss some of the subtle beauty and hopefully they'll be back to see more than Las Vegas. Yeah, in Scotland, the logistics and the way the the tourist industry works is you're either going to do a city break in New York or you're going to do the whole Florida Disney experience. And you need ah. to you need to put more effort in. If you want to get out and get on the highway and attempt to begin to appreciate the scale of the, the continent, really, then you're on your own in many ways because the the charter flights are primarily flying into Florida. And that's many people's experience of America and Scotland. I, I can see where it would be a difficult country to navigate just because it is big mm -hmm. and there are just great things to see on either end, you know, north, south, east and west. So, yeah, and, I can understand. And people in America are listening to, the, to this interview, the, the sort of costs involved in coming to Scotland in comparison to where you might visit. I mean, you, if you're looking to a vacation in Europe, you might take in uh, Rome or Paris or London or even go to Edinburgh. But what, what would you say to people in terms of the, the costs involved in travelling around some of the more remote areas in Scotland and getting out to the islands and things? Was it an expensive uh, experience or is it reasonable in terms of cost? Um, I didn't find it expensive at all. Um, I stayed in moderate places. Um, I wasn't spending a lot of money on, you know, on going to see castles with ticket booths. My, my expenses were we're actually minimal out in the islands. Did you not? Did you? You say that, but did you not at least pay for at least one round of drinks? <laughs> <laughs> I always like to pay for a round of drinks. It's it's the proper thing to do. <laughs> right. And any particular uh, favorite? I mean, it's not fair. I asked myself this question a number of times, but if you were trying to say what's your favorite uh, place in Scotland or places. Any ideas? Well, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, I. Uh, yeah, Bara right now is <laughs> is really really speaking to me, and um, and I do need to go back uh, and and see even more. Um, I feel there's a few muses there on that island and I even found I took a drip, day trip to Ariske and of course immediately bought the movie Whiskey Galore because you have to know about it when you go up there it's a great story uh, yeah. yeah it's fabulous I found a little cottage for rent on Ariske and I took a photo of the advertising sign so I'm hoping to return and stay there for maybe a month right? and maybe just do some art and absorb more of the country that way. And you're connected uh, to the causeway. You can head up through the Eusts and into the Western Isles, which was maybe part of your thinking for your holiday originally. So there's plenty to take in in terms of new experiences as well. 
Well, that's where you come in, Kevin. I need to uh, tap your 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 wealth of information and and get some more some more ideas. So now you see my my experience of places like the Western Isles is maybe one or two trips. So if I can, as we were saying earlier, connect you to one or two people, it's only when you get right down, drill down to the local level, you really get to know what's going on. So your expertise or knowledge about Barra is beyond mine now because. I've only been through Barra on my uh, Triumph Bonneville for three or four days a couple of years ago. Whereas you've well, almost, uh, well, you've been twice, I've only been once. Yes, twice. <laughs> I'd be happy to introduce you to some of the locals and yes. say hi to Ian, the bus driver. Right. And I have to thank you for the introduction to uh, Katrina Young. And she's from Barra, and I met her in, in Oban. And we just had the best time. We, we really hit it off. And our time together was too short. But I know I'll see her again. And she's becoming a great, great friend. And we have lots of fun chatting on Facebook. So thank you to Kevin for that one. Good. I met uh, Katrina on Wednesday, just uh, last Wednesday in Inverary for a, a meal. And we'd half hope to catch up with Joyce and Carlo, who they're over from Boston. And they'd been in Inverary on the Tuesday night. We're leaving Wednesday morning. And for a variety of practical reasons, I could only get up to Barra, Barra to Inverary on the uh, Wednesday evening. So Katrina had some work commitments in Inverary. So we had a, a meal and a good uh, chat. And that's the second time I met her. So she's now my uh, vice president uh, for Oban in the, the Northwest. <laughs> Excellent, your your ambassador. <laughs> so, you know, I I knew about that. We 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 chat on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I can There's imagine little secrets to be kept here. Yes. <laughs> so maybe we should uh, wrap up the interview, and I just hope I've managed to capture some of the 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 sound audio, the quality that I worry about. But the your um, comments on Scotland, I think, would be really helpful to people. To, you know, who listen to the podcast. As I say, there's a lot of people in America now listening, and I'm sure what you've said will give them some insights into what Scotland is really like. So, oh, I hope so. And I'm happy to talk to anybody uh, with email um, if they want to contact me and talk right. more about it. It's my favorite topic. So, thank well, you. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. You're the very first person that uh, will have been involved in a Skype interview on passing places, as long as I can. I am thrilled. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I really, really enjoyed this. Well, fingers crossed, Bonnie, that the recording is on my digital recorder. (laughs) (laughs) Then we'll have to do it again. (laughs) Yes, for sure. So let's keep in touch. We uh, will. Thanks again. Santa. So thanks, Bonnie. I really, really enjoyed catching up with you and I know that we'll keep in touch and I really do look forward to you coming back to Scotland in the springtime and maybe the next time I'll be out there in my van in the field enjoying myself rather than just picking you up at uh, Glasgow Airport. So Joyce and Carlo are also looking forward to sharing their experiences of Scotland on the podcast and we'll get that organised in the next week or two. So it's been quite a long episode And we'll bring it to a close here. I'd like to remind you that you can contact me on Twitter at Bonnie Tours. You can jump onto Facebook 
and you'll find me again at Bonnie Tours. But why don't you get on to the um, Passing Places podcast group on Facebook. That's the best place to keep up to date with the podcast on a day-to-day basis. And you can also contact me on my email. It's feedback, feedback at bonnytours.com. You can also, on my website, leave comments or use that SpeakPipe voicemail service. I say in episodes that it's the very best way to put a voice out in the microphone and get a voice back. So why don't you use the voicemail, the SpeakPipe service? It's a great way to give me some good feedback and I can feature your audio on the next episode. And finally, I'd like to thank all of you who are using the affiliate links on my website. It's a good way to support the podcast. If you visit bonnytours.com, you'll find Amazon banners on most pages. And at the top of the menu across the top uh, level of the page, you'll see the shopping uh, button. You can click on there and you can have a little look at uh, various things that you can buy on Amazon or just go over to Amazon and buy whatever you want and the podcast gets a small commission. I mentioned Kate at the start of the shout-outs and she made a small donation to the podcast. Well, maybe a large donation. (laughs) Uh, Kate made a donation, that's all we need to know. And uh, I'll make sure that uh, I spend it wisely on the investment in the podcast. So thanks again, Kate. And you can do likewise. You can nip on to bonnytours.com, top right-hand corner of the website, and make a small donation, or a large one, or a middle-sized one. So let's leave it there. And I just hope that if you enjoyed this week's episode, you'll keep that feedback coming. And in the meantime... Stay safe, and if you're out and about in Scotland at any time in the future, or you're planning to visit Scotland, get in touch and I'll give you whatever advice I can. And you'll find that on the Passing Places podcast group on Facebook, there are other people with a tremendous amount of information, expertise and knowledge about Scotland. And I'm finding that my visitors are finding out more about Scotland than I know. So I think both Bonnie and Joyce have gone back to the States with knowledge, experience and information about parts of Scotland that I don't have. So that's got to be a success in terms of sharing the um, experience of being out and about in the most fantastic country, my little country, Scotland. So thanks again for listening and I'll keep in touch and I'll play out with the composition Myra Green's composition, her music, Passing Places. Thank you. <laughs>